Hey there, Andy Jenkins here, and I am uh, talking with you for the next few episodes here about this thing called the Advance. And so taking a break from the Redemption series and really giving you some information about the upcoming event that we have in Nashville, and not just giving you information about the event, but actually talking through some of the real-life content of stuff that we're going to teach at that event, stuff that we teach every single time we do this. Now, let me put a little pause right here. Let me tell you this. If this information is information that is helpful to you and is stuff that will help you really, uh, for lack of a better term, move the ball down the field with any of the goals that you have, whether it's uh, it's life or faith or health or family relationships, whatever it might be. If, if some of the information that I give you today is helpful, then what you can do is you can go to the website www.theladder.com info www.theladder.info I'll put the link in the show notes you can go there and you can download one of these worksheets where we kind of talk through some of this stuff you can get it absolutely free and I'll leave it right there and I'll leave it on that website for the next uh, we'll leave it through the next four or five episodes while I'm talking through this and then I I promise you I, I love teaching this material and I love going to these workshops and hanging out with the guys and doing this thing all weekend. We do these, um, I do these with my friend Les Wright and my other friend, Varick Birchfield. I've got more than two friends, but those are the two that I do this with. And we do this about every five to seven months. We do it every September. We do it every February. It's been really these times where we have these life-changing encounters where, I mean, we just help guys advance. And, and honestly, it, it helps us. I think more than it helps anybody who's being served by this. Like we're the ones that are are totally giving, but we're getting back so much more um, than we give. And so, uh, if you are a guy and you're interested in that event, you can get information at the same place, theladder.info. If you're not a guy and you just want the printed information, or you can't make it, go to the same place. Now, big question, um, big question that I get is uh, in the previous episode, I kind of I forewarned you and said, hey, uh, in the next one, I'm going to start teaching through some of this material. And people say, uh, or, or some people have asked, they've inquired, why would you do that before the event? Like, why would you tell people what you're going to tell them at the event itself? And, and here's, here's the big reason why. Is um, number one, the information's not secret. It is not secret at all. Um, number two is I'm really convinced that most success, and, and I don't just mean success like financially, I, I mean moving forward and walking into your destiny, walking into the path that God has for you. I mean, we all have this idea there's this glorious future of something out there for us. And I, I believe that that dream is put inside of you by God. I mean, there's verses all throughout the Bible that say things like, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart, right? Right, the desires of your heart. Where do you think those desires came from? Well, He planted on there, right? And as a verse I gave you last episode says, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, that it's, it's grace that redeems you, but that same grace empowers you to walk out into this destiny of doing these great things that God has already ordained and orchestrated for you to simply show up and walk into. He's put those desires inside of you. And so because of that, I, I think that fundamentally success, and, and again, I'm defining success as walking in that path and achieving those desires, okay? So I think that success is really 
it, we've often made it like winning or finding a hidden secret lottery ticket. We, we've made it like Willy Wonka world, you know, like I got a golden ticket in some random chocolate bar somewhere. And when that's the case, it breeds this mentality that success is limited to the few and it's not a gift to the many. Like in Willy Wonka, you know, there were there were thousands, millions probably of chocolate bars, but there, there were only five winners. Only five people could get it. And when we have that mentality of success, whenever you see someone else succeeding, then inherently there's this idea of their success uh, leaves a debit in the tank of potential successes and potential successes. And that means if they succeeded, that I probably can't. And it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. In fact, I, I posted this post on, I don't know why I'm on food right now. I just ate. I just had a, a lunch with, with my friend Les. We were talking through the advanced stuff. And my, one of my other friends, Brian. Um, and so at any rate, I, I don't know why I'm thinking about food, but uh, I put this Instagram post out uh, maybe a couple months ago that chips and salsa, most of the things people really want it's like chips and salsa. It's not like Willy Wonka chocolate bars, right? Like chips and salsa. You go to a Mexican restaurant, there is this endless supply. I mean, they will rain chips and salsa on you. And whenever you run out, there's just more. And whenever somebody takes too many, and you're like, hey, you took it all. There's just more coming. And there's this endless supply of really all the good things, all of the success that we really want in life. It, it, is, it is an endless unendingly supply. Like your heavenly father doesn't run out of any of that stuff. Like he doesn't run out of health. He doesn't run out of relational wholeness. He doesn't run out of emotional vitality. He, he doesn't even run out of money and, and finances. So w- when we see other people succeeding, so often we have this idea, well, their success means I can't. And what I'm saying is, no, no, no. Success is, I'm defining it as walking into the path that is designed for you. And there is an endless supply of that where we can all cheer each other on. And because of that, it's not like a lottery ticket whereby somebody got the lottery ticket. That means you didn't. Somebody got the winning numbers. That means, well, yours are, yours are losing numbers, right? Somebody else won. It's like this, you know, game where you win, I lose, I win, you lose. No, 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 no. Success is not like a lottery ticket. I believe after walking through this and looking at this and studying at this from lots of different angles and, and I mean, honestly, just reading and learning more and more of who our Heavenly Father is, that success is not like a lottery ticket. It is like a recipe. Back to, the, back to the food analogy. It is like a recipe. Now, uh, there's this graphic that we've got floating around about the advance that kind of has this. Okay, it's a cookbook. Uh, so cookbook on the left side of the screen, cookbook plus a chef. That's you. Cookbook is time-tested recipes, time-tested methods of doing things plus you. So you got to get involved. You got to get into the kitchen for a certain amount of time equals proven result. A meal you can eat. It works. Okay, so... One of the reasons that I share this information with you even before the event is um, because the, the information is not secret, and it's, it's, it's not always not secret. Like it, It's just success is a recipe. You can, you can learn this anywhere. You come to the event, you can learn it. And the biggest thing we're selling, you know, for lack of a better term, at the event is not even the information. The biggest thing that we're selling is the experience of the event. Okay, so if you can't make it, like I still want to give you the information and still want to impart what we're learning to you. And that's why 
Um, that's why we have it on the website. That's why I've got some of the clips of the videos from some of the recent events on my website where you can watch them on the video blog. Uh, that's why I'm sharing this information with you right now is, is because it's, it's not secret and because it is, it is a recipe. And, and here's the reality of it as well. If you're coming to the event or if you're listening to this after an event, here's, here's what I learned years ago about communication is uh, I think when I started um, teaching, preaching in churches, I think I naively thought that everything that I said would be so great and would be so stellar that everybody would just remember it. Like nobody would ever forget it, right? It would, it would be like, man, this is a life-changing pearl of wisdom. This is a nugget of total, absolute truth. I'm never forgetting this. And it dawned on me. Some, at some point, it dawned on me that, you know, that's ridiculous. Like, that's crazy. Like, I, I remember when I was teaching every single week, I would study different concepts for hours. I, I would study them sometimes for hours after having studied them already and having them embedded in my consciousness for years, for, for decades in some instances. And, and then I would go share them with people. And it, it would be like, it, it wouldn't be new information for me but it would still be something that I was still working on and still wrestling with and still trying to really trying to figure out and trying to apply to everyday life. And, and it dawned on me at some point, it was like, man, if, if I am a guy that does this you know, professionally, and if I'm a guy who knows this material really well, you know, and I've been studying it, and if I, and I'm having to hear it and rehear it and read it and reread it again, and it's my field and it's my, my stuff, then goodness, it makes sense that people who are being exposed to this for the first, second, third, fourth time even, 10th time, 15th, 20th time, like maybe it's just helpful that they get an opportunity to review it and reboot it as well. And so um, that's another reason that I share the information with you. And, uh, and ab- absolutely, I, I like doing this anyway. And so uh, all that's that. So that said, you can get the information at www.theladder.info. You can get a little, uh, goodness, six, eight page PDF that'll give you some of this information and help you further the discussion of the things that I'm talking about in this episode and the episodes for the next few episodes. And then I promise I'm going to be back with the redemption series, which is absolutely one of my favorite talks. I just want to get this one in because it's time bound because that event, which I look forward to every five to seven months, it is on the way. Okay, so that's it. Go to the ladder.info. Now, breath. First session of the advance. There's five. First session. First session, we talk about this idea of what. Number one is what. And if you've been there before, you know that I've got this five-step, five-rung ladder. The bottom rung is what and here here's the premise here that if you know what you want to do if you know what your dream is if you know what the thing that's inside of your heart your mind your spirit is you're going to get a lot higher or a lot closer to that dream than somebody who has really no idea what their defining thing is and I would say this, you may have a defining thing in several different areas of your life okay so face it like I am a father and so there's some defining goals in that area of my life. I'm also a husband. There are some different, surely some overlapping things, but some different defining goals, dreams, 
in that area. I, I'm a guy that writes and talks. There's some different defining what's dreams in that area. So you may have different ones in every single area of your life, okay? Like the reality is we have relationships with our significant others. We have relationships with our kids. We have a relationship with our physical body, with our health. I've got a dream, a desire there um, that I, honestly, if you know my story, I negated and just overlooked for uh, goodness about a decade and I let my health tank. And I learned that in avoiding that dream, like all, it calls all the other ones to suffer because your body's really the temple. It's the container of your mind, of your spirit, of your soul, of your emotions. And even though the greatest thing inside of you is your spirit, even so some of the strongest things in you and the most bankable things inside of you are your ideas and your emotions and your personality and the way that you present and convey yourself to the world around you and the relationships that you're able to build because of that. You can't outrun your physical body. And so you need a dream. You need a physical goal for what, what, what is it? What is the, what, what is this shell going to be? What is this container going to be? I, I think you need dreams, desires in your financial areas. You know, you need uh, desires, dreams, aspirations in the areas of your relationships, dreams, desires. Like, what do you want out of faith? And the foundational area for all of these, the foundational question for all of these things, I believe, is just defining the what. What is it that you want? Now, the truth here is that a lot of times we value uh, or evaluate or we grade our self-worth based on whatever the answer is to that and how close we are to achieving that. Okay, so it's, it's amazing like to me that some days I can, I mean, I can be really on with my physical goals with my physical health and I feel supercharged and feel great and I have this sense of self-esteem about that. Or I can have days where I've, I've finished a book or I've had a great teaching or a great workshop or we taught an event, you know, and, I, and I'm on an emotional high. You know, I'll feel that at the men's advance. I, I know we'll, you know, I'll, I'll feel like emotionally up because I have uh, achieved something and participated something that's greater than, bigger than myself. Um, the, the danger is we evaluate ourselves on that. We, we, we shouldn't do that, okay? Uh, however, you can't, you, you can't really step towards anything unless you know where it is that you want to go. Okay, so really the first, the first step in defining any of this, the first step in de- defining you know, and moving towards any kind of goal is really defining what that dream is, what that goal is. In our culture, we have a lot of talk from people about being held down and being kept in check and the man's pushing me down or or the woman's pushing me down or this race or that race or the politics or economics or, you know, all these external things are keeping us down. We say, um, and and I'm not denying that there's not some privilege with some certain groups or whatever. That's not the point of this conversation. What I am saying, though, is for all the talk of that and for all the talk of being kept down, very few of us can actually define what it is that we want out of all these areas. Like, what would it be like for you if you were successful in these areas? And again, I'm defining success as living, walking in the potential, the glory that God has created for ordained for you. What what would it be like? And the first thing thing you got to do is really define that, write it down, come to terms with it. And in in a mental picture, or I even think sometimes on paper, you know, Proverbs tell us where there is no vision, where there is no vision, people just perish. They they shrivel up. They just, they just kind of will, where there's no idea of where things are designed 
to go and to be, it's very difficult. Okay? And, and then the second point of that is not only do we have to define where we want to be, we also have to define and admit and own where we are now. Those two facts are really kind of the foundational starting point when we get to the idea and start talking about advance is in order to move anywhere, we got to decide, hey, where is it that we want to move to? And where is it? Where is it that we are now? And, and again, that doesn't evaluate you. You know, the truth is you are greater than where you are. You are greater than, or let me say it like this. We've got another image graphic floating around out there. Who you are is, is greater than where you are. Where you are never defines who you are. Where you are, no matter how great, no matter how small, now, no matter how high, no matter how low, where you are is not an indicator of who you are. It, it's, just, it's just a matter of circumstance. Uh, it's just a matter of, hey, this is, this is the location, right? This is just happened to be my, my position in, in life right now. It doesn't identify me with my identity. It, it's just the location. And once you articulate both of those, once you articulate the where you want to be and you articulate the where you are now, then, then you've got some traction, um, by the way, there's a great book that I read back when I was in seminary. I had a professor that was teaching us leadership, and he assigned it on the syllabus that we go read this book by Stephen Covey. Some of you have heard of it. Most of you have heard of it. Um, in fact, uh, I would venture to say way more of you have heard of it than haven't heard of it. It's this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, one of his habits of the seven is to begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Now, in that chapter, Stephen Covey, he says, I, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that you go to a funeral home and you walk in and you're going to attend this funeral service. And so you go in and you see all the people dressed in black and they're all kind of talking and people are making small talk and they're kind of chit-chatting and there's a line of people up to be received and to greet other people that are standing near the casket. They're obviously the family members of, of the deceased, and you begin making your way up there, and you're waiting in line, and, and you go through, and then you get all the way up there, and you peer over the casket, and as you look into the casket, the person's image whom you see, that person is you. And he says this. He says, what would you want to be true at that moment, like what, what would you want these people around the funeral home to be saying about you? What would you want the stories to be? What would you want the legacy to be? And he says, if you know that now, and, and if we define that and define, hey, the best case scenario for me in all these different areas of life is X, you know, it's going to be different for all of us, right? And the beauty of this is I get to decide for me and you get to decide for you. And then we get to cheer each other on. Uh, whatever that is, right? We, I, I get to cheer you in your dream. You get to cheer me in my dream because, again, you achieving your dream doesn't distract or detach me from mine Be, because, again, success is chips and salsa, not Willy Wonka lottery tickets. It's unlimited. It, it, there's enough to go around, and you get to cheer me on in mine, right? Because that doesn't detract or distract or subtract from what you can achieve. He says, if we know that, we could begin now. Now, at the advance, we teach this process. It's called reverse engineering. 
Reverse engineering. That's a great term. I, I love it. And here's what reverse engineering does. Reverse engineering, it's it's also called like in mechanical engineering terms, it's called back engineering. It's the process of extracting knowledge or design information from something and then reproducing it. But what you do is you re- reproduce it from the endpoint back to where you are. Like you reproduce it from the from the finished product back to the starting point. And, and here's what that does. That primarily ensures that you're going to make it to where you want to be. Okay, so you think about this like, and you, you do this all the time. If you've ever moved houses or moved an apartment, what you do is you box up all your stuff in your house. But when you box it all up, you've already gone to the new location. You've already identified which room is the bedroom, which room is going to be your bedroom, which room is going to be the kitchen, the dining room, the living room, which room is going to be this kid's bedroom, that kid's bedroom. So when you box everything up at your house, you have already reverse engineered and you've already decided what the new house or apartment is going to look like. And so when you come back, you start labeling all the boxes and you send them on the trajectory based on what you've already decided the outcome should be like. That is an intentional process of moving forward from where you are in home number one to where you want to be, home number two, okay? You've defined the where, the what, which is I want this house to look this way, and you define the where you are now, and so it works. And because you did that, things don't just end up random. They go exactly, exactly where they're supposed to be. You do this all the time. If you get on Siri, uh, if you've got an iPhone, I don't know what it is on Android, but some kind of map function, okay? And you decide that you want to go out to eat at a new restaurant. Like say me and you and, you know, our spouses, we're going to go out to eat, have a, have a double date or, you know, whoever it is that's significant in your life. We're all going to go hang out. And we decide, hey, you, you're not from my city or if you are, you don't know this restaurant. My wife and I pick out this great one called the Pita Stop that we love, which is downtown Birmingham. You don't know where it is. Um, some of you are actually going to do this right now because you're on your iPhone. So you're going to look it up. Um, and what, what you do is you end up punching that in. And I tell you, it's in Southside. You know, it's um, in downtown Birmingham. You punch it in your phone and then your phone drops a pin at where the pita stop is, where you want to be. By the way, they have the best filet mignon like anywhere that, that I've ever tried, literally anywhere, even of way more expensive steakhouses. It's a great restaurant. So it tells you where you want to be. And then Siri defines where where do you want the directions from? Well, it's where I am now. And then it uses a process of reverse engineering. And if you watch it really quickly, Siri will backtrack it from the P to stop to wherever you are now. And that ensures that the path is actually going to get you there. Instead of wasting steps and and doing like some, some people did in college, you know, you take two or three years of classes and then you change your major and you're like, oh... I took all these semesters of classes and half of them don't transfer to the other major. I wasted all that time and effort. Okay, Or you, you change schools altogether and you go, oh, man, the credits don't work. They don't go from here. To the, okay, By using reverse engineering, that type of thing doesn't happen. Yes, there's always dead ends and yes, there's always roadblocks and yes, no scenario works out perfectly, but by reverse engineering it gets you to your intended destination. Okay, so what we teach at the advance is, first of all, define where you want to be, label where you are, 
And then we start building out the process. Now, at the advance, we actually, uh, man, we've got this great prop. We taught this for, um, goodness, we taught this concept in San Diego. And then we taught the concept in Dallas. And then the third time we taught this concept, we actually built an actual bridge. And, and I mean, like, I got out in the backyard with my kids, and we cut this thing apart. We built this big, you know, 12, 16-foot wide thing, 4-foot wide, 16-foot long, whatever, you know, painted it, color-coded it, all this kind of stuff. And we made it to where, like, you can actually assemble it without tools and all that in the moment on hand. And we literally put one side of steps up. And that's the side of where we are. And there's this great chasm that goes across the stage with nothing but air. And on the other side, we have the other set of steps going down. So you go up, and then there's nothing but air across the stage. And then you can go down. That is, if you can get from where we are on the one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. And what we use is this prop to teach the process of reverse engineering. And here's here's how it goes. For every dream that you have, once you label that dream, you can break it down into these big, and and I use these horizontal, just going across, that span the whole gap, that span from where we are to where we want to be, span it all. You have these, I call them just support beams. They are categories of things. They are not action steps. They are categories. And then the problem is a lot of times people confuse them with categories, with action steps. I'll explain what I mean in a second. And on top of those, each one of those categories generally has action steps. And those are the things that you concentrate on. Those are the things that you do. Um, let, let me give you an example of this. So um, the, one of the first advances we did, number four, was in San Diego. That's w- where we first taught this material. And so I, I just kind of labeled out. You know, we'd done three of them at that point. and kind of labeling it, you know, putting on an event across the country. What, what is it that we need? Okay, so the goal, the dream, let's just use that terminology. Um, and by the way, if you've downloaded the worksheet at theladder.info, you can flip and you can find out exactly what's going on here. You can see a picture of it. So the first thing was, what is the dream? The dream is to, the what is to put on a men's advance, advance 4.0 in San Diego. That's the dream. What do we need in order to do that? Well, we've got these support beams that are going to help us get across the span of being where we are in Birmingham, Alabama, or at Will Varick's in Kansas City, but we're, we're all on the other side of the country from San Diego. Um, one thing that we need is we need transportation. That's a category. That's not an action step. That's a support beam. Another thing that we need is we've got to have a hotel. We've got to have lodging. We've got to have a place for all these people to be. And another thing that we need is because we got, at that time, maybe maybe then the event was maybe 100 people. we got to have food. These guys have got to eat. And, of course, there are other categories like the material and some of that. But we, we already have that. So those are our categories. Transportation, hotel, lodging uh, with the event space, and food. Now, the transportation meant that we had to check airfare. That's an action step. Um, another action step. So we we got to get from the airport to the hotel. That's an action step. Um, the hotel and lodging, the action step is we, we've got to have event space. So we need to start looking for event space. Another action step is uh, we had two guys out there, Spencer Thornburg and Scott Garner, that we got in touch with that could actually go on site. And, and they did this. They would go on site and they would look at all these event places and hotels and they would shoot video and send it back and go, hey, this one looks great. No, this one doesn't look so good. And, you know, they were boots on the ground. They were figuring this out. Um, all of those 
were action steps. We started actually doing. Those are the things we do. And as we start doing all of those action steps, it starts putting the event together. Okay, D- does that make sense to you? I, I think it probably does. Let me, let me give you another example. Um, a couple years ago, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was sluggish, overweight, out of shape, dragging, aging way too fast, couldn't sleep through the night, you know, headaches all the time, couldn't stay awake during the day. I mean, just crashing in the middle of the afternoon. Felt, uh, goodness, I, I was physically going downhill. I decided, here's the dream, going to label it to get healthy. Okay, get healthy. Now, the categories I had for getting healthy, initially, one category was losing 40 pounds. That was a category. That's not an action. Losing weight is not an action. That, that's why a lot of times people have a goal of losing weight and they don't do it because losing weight is not an action. It is a support of something else. And so in order to lose weight... That's just a support beam on the bridge. You can't walk across a bridge on a support beam. You got to walk across on a plank. Okay? You got to have steps that you can actually take. And so the action steps that I had under losing the weight were number one was exercising every single morning. I didn't take any mornings off. Seven days a week, I was getting up and I was exercising, even if on one of the days of the week it was a slower, easier stretch type of a day. Um, Another thing that I was doing, an action step, was I was writing down every single thing that I was eating. Every single thing got written down. That's an action step, and I guarantee it made me take way better, way better precautions and make way better decisions when I was actually going to eat something. Um, Another action step that I took was um, just uh, working um, the plan that I'd written down in terms of, I wrote a plan out of exercise, of certain time to get up, certain time to go to bed, of weighing in at the same time every single day, of writing that down, of certain times that I was going to have snacks and what those snacks could be so that I wouldn't ever get hungry and then be starving and get ravenous and start grabbing and, and going for junk food. I had this intentional plan of action steps that was going to help move me from where I was to where I wanted to be. Now, I, obviously, it went in way more detail than that, but you're starting to get the gist of it is that these things all break down to very small, teeny tiny actions. Now, when we teach this at the advance, we, we also do this. Um, and by the way, we actually set up those support beams and show people, hey, here's the difference between a support beam. Losing weight is a support of getting a healthy system. It is not an action. And it's got to be a plank on top of the support beam in order to be an action step. Um, and, and there are guys that do this with every single kind of goal. Some guys do this with business. Um, some guys do this with their family where they, where they don't have a great relationship with their kids and they start writing down specific action steps. Action steps like reading a book to their kids every single night. That, that becomes the action step. Okay, Just having a healthy relationship with your kids or a fun relationship is not an action. Playing ball two days a week in the backyard is an action step. Taking a bike ride one day a week is an action step. Okay, Having a healthy marriage is, is not an action. Okay. Taking your spouse on a date night once a week, uh, which could be going out to eat somewhere at a nice restaurant, or, or it could be going to the park, or, or, or it could be 
If you've got small kids uh, and you can't get out, it, it could be as simple as the kids go to bed and we know on this night that we sit on the front porch and we just talk, TV, cell phones, everything are off, and we just invest in each other from you know seven o'clock until 10 o'clock or from eight until 10 or whatever it is. It's gotta be tied to an action step. And here's what we figured out with the advance is out of all those action steps that you have, uh, like for instance, with the planning the advance is the goal, with all the action steps that you have, there's always generally one action step that is what we call the catalytic action step. And, and here's what that means. There's one action step that it's small, because all these are when you break them down. Like they're all things that you can do like uh, in an hour or less. They're all things that are repeating that you do over and over and over regularly. We figured out that, and this was from reading some of the best practices from all sorts of leadership books and uh, from tons of others. So we, we didn't make this up that there's one action step, one step across the bridge, one thing that you do that has a disproportional amount of influence relative to the size that it is. Okay, you got that? Like there's one thing that's so small that if you do it and do it well and do it regularly and do it repeating, like it, 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 um, it takes on a life of its own that's so much more grander than just that action itself. Uh, for instance... One of the action steps that we did with that San Diego advance was was this. We uh, got in touch with Scott and Spencer. They were the catalytic action. Regularly talking to them was the step that moved everything else so much faster. It took a life of its own. It made everything else work so much faster and smoother and easier because we were in connection with two guys that lived there, that understood the area, that knew where to go, that had the relationships that could help set us up and accelerate our learning curve. In that case, people and the relationship was actually a catalytic action and talking to those guys regularly. And, and even today, we, we've got like this enhanced, great relationship with them um, that I think in large part started at that event, um, which by the way, some of you know I, I've served. Um, Scott taught me how at, at that event. Um, when I was getting healthy, okay, so I had all these different categories. One was losing weight, one was building muscle, one was getting my body systems in place, okay, and getting them healthy. And here's what I found out is the action step that was the most important out of all of those, the catalytic action. It wasn't exercising every morning, although I did that. It, it wasn't um, turning down the sugar and the carbs and some of those things, even though I did that. It wasn't um, making sure I ate enough calories, even though for sure I definitely made sure I ate enough calories. The one thing that moved everything down faster was actually, get this, it was writing down, it was charting. I kept this little chart in my computer. It was charting every single day, everything that I ate, whenever I exercised, what I did, and how much I weighed. That chart, like it had a disproportional amount of influence. That writing down that information, just a few times a day, I'd kind of get onto my spreadsheet and writing it down. That had a disproportional amount of influence, and it made everything Everything that I did work so much better, okay? So here's what I'm saying. Let me just kind of review and putting this all together, okay? The first step is defining the what, okay? What? What is it that you want? What is it? And there's this great passage in the Bible about this. In fact, it's, it's the story where Jacob is wrestling the angel all evening. And at the end, you know, daylight's about to come up. And we know that the angel's the angel of, of the Lord. And, 
you, you know, the story there is uh, the daylight comes up, he can't see the angel because, you know, like it would be just too much, it'd be too overwhelming for him. And so uh, right then the uh, angel of the Lord like kind of breaks his hip socket right there, knocks it out of joint, uh, and then Jacob has to let go of him while he's wrestling this angel. And here's what's amazing. He is contending and wrestling with this angel and fighting um, in this healthy way with this angel. And the angel is so intense. The angel finally says, what is it that you want? What is it that you are contending with me in prayer for? What is it? And he knew, he knew, oh, that you would bless me. And, and I, I would say this, like, what, what is the prayer dream that you have? And if you don't know what it is, well, how, how would you know if it ever happened? How, how would you know if you ever stumbled upon it? How would you know if it, it came to pass? Like, you've got to define it. That's the first thing that we've said. And then we've said, not only do you need to know what that is, you need to know where you are now. And, and where you are now is just the circumstance. It doesn't define you. It doesn't evaluate you. It, it's just the starting line for this amazing journey, for the start of the narrative of what's going to be your story. Wherever you are now is just where you are now, nothing more. But that's where we begin from as we head to where it is that you know and I know that you're designed to be, that God has equipped you and has tooled you and has put inside of your heart that dream for you to be. Now, as we go there, we start building that bridge. And we know there's certain categories of things that got to be addressed, you know, certain support beams, okay? Um... They may be relational or they may be whatever it is, but but on those, there's also these specific actions that we know that we do generally just about every single day that are going to get us from here to there. Specific actions that we know, and we know that success is a recipe. It's okay. It's a, so we know that because we've seen other people do these certain things. We've, we've seen other people eat right and exercise. And so we know that if we eat right and exercise, that we'll lose weight or we'll build muscle or we'll get where we want to be. We, we know that we've seen other people worship and pray and meditate. We know that if we do those certain things that goodness, we're going to create an environment where we actually grow in our relationship with our heavenly father. We know that if we start dating our spouse, okay, if we regularly make time to spend one-on-one time with them, that that relationship is going to grow and do some amazing things because success is a recipe, right? It's not a lottery ticket. I can have a great marriage. You can have one too. I can have an amazing relationship with my kids. And so can you. You having that doesn't detract from me. Mine doesn't detract from you because there's an unlimited supply of the success in the great things that the Lord's ordained for us. And we know that one of those actions is going to be, um, in each of those goals, infinitely ah, infinitely disproportionately influential in moving that thing forward. Meaning that if you just focus on that one, like, like with that event with Scott and Spencer, it was interacting with Scott and Spencer. Uh, in, in health, it was me charting what I was eating and exercising, how I felt. And even, even now, if I do that action consistently, I make so much more gains than if I don't, okay? Um, even in our business, uh, that's one of the things I do every single day is I track certain numbers because that gives me the information that I need so that we can take other actions uh, on things. In, in, in our marriage, one thing Christy and I do, um, this is one we go out on a date night every single week, um, 90% of the weeks, okay? Th- those are those catalytic actions that take on a 
disproportional amount of influence relative to the time investment that they are. Okay, now let, let me leave you with this. I, I want to leave you with this concept finally of the concept is this reaping and sowing, or better said, it'd be the other way around, sowing and reaping, because the sowing always comes first before the reaping. Now, uh, you know what sowing and reaping and the seed principle is. The seed principle is from creation, from the third day of creation, where um, every seed-bearing plant, that's in Genesis 1-11, um, reproduces more like it from seeds that are inside of it. Okay, like produces like based on some things that are already inside of it. Okay, now, uh, typically people think that this just applies to plants, um, but I think, and, I, and I'm learning more and more, particularly over the last year, year and a half, as I've been kind of um, revisiting this concept, I think this is a principle that is a creation type of principle that is ordered into how everything works. In other words, it's not a biological principle just for plants. It's a creation principle that's universal for everything. Okay, so let me give you four concepts about reaping and sowing or about sowing and reaping. And this will make sense as you try to move from where you are to where you're designed to be, whether that's in health, whether that's in finances, okay, whether that's in fitness, whatever that is, um, the, this is what, and I can't define what the action steps are for you. You, you kind of get to do that because you know where the goal is and you know what the, what the target is. Here's the four principles related to those action steps. Four principles. Number one is this. You always reap, get this, what you sow. You always reap exactly what you sow. Now, all farmers know that. All kindergartners know that. If you throw corn in the ground, you're going to reap corn, not tomatoes. Okay, But when we get into other areas of life, we start messing around with that and tweaking that. Like forever, I worked at a church, and I would hear guys all the time that say something like this. Okay, They'd say, I don't tithe my money, okay, and I'm not trying to get into debate with you or the merits of tithing or not, a different topic for a different place, okay? They would say things like this, I don't tithe my money, I tithe my time instead. And so now I'm looking at it and going, well, great, well, what you're going to reap from that is not more money, you're going to reap more time. You invest time, you reap time. You sow money, you reap Money now, and and I know people have abused that teaching and all that, and, and you've heard me other times saying just because people abuse it doesn't mean the principle's wrong. It just means people abused the principle. The principle can still be true. It just means somewhere along the way somebody jacked it up. In the same way that people have taken the beautiful uh, principle, and it's not a principle, but they've taken the beautiful gift of sex, and people jacked that up too. That doesn't mean we stop celebrating the goodness and glory and beauty of that. That means we redeem it and we use it in a way that it should be celebrated and should be enjoyed. Same thing with reaping and sowing on on money. Um, maybe maybe give you another example. I, I run into guys all the time that think that they can sow time and reap favor. Okay, so for instance, they sow time at work, and uh, or the, you might could better say this: they sow money. Um, because they spend time at work and then they use that money to buy good gifts for their family, but they're not sowing time with their family. They're sowing money, and so the output of that's just money. The output of that is not going to be uh, time and the relationships that come as a result of that time. Okay, hopefully that one makes sense of you too. And the quote that'll a lot of times come back is guys will say stuff like, "Well, I don't know why my wife doesn't know I love her. I mean, I buy her really nice things." Well, it's because buying nice things 
is, you know, it, it's not time. What she needs is, is the time. You can't invest money and get back time, right? You've got to invest time, okay? Because you always reap what what you sow. Um, here's a big move lately is a lot of times people are sowing intention. That's a big move. I intended, I desired, I wanted, I, long, I, I manifested a certain thing in my thoughts, and I expected that thing to come to fruition. Well, here's the reality, okay? I understand mind shifts and understand mindsets and how um, getting your mind aligned can, can be incredible and, and is. We very, very rarely tap the power of the mind. In fact, we'll talk about that in a couple episodes. However, you can't sow an intention and reap a result. Results are always tied to action. Does that make sense? You always reap what you sow. If you sow intention, you'll reap more intention. Got it? Okay, number two. Not only do you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow. Uh, Farmers and kindergartners all know this one as well. If I sow seed in this field, I'm going to reap in this field, not the field down the street. If I sow in my family, I'm going to reap in my family. If I sow in my health, I'm going to reap in my health. I always have to sow what I want, and I have to sow it where I want it. See, this is a great example of a great argument of why you should sow time and energy in your marriage or why you should sow time and energy with your kids or with really anything of life that you value. It's, it's really the argument that you need to push everything else out and you really need to be intentional with the time that you have, with the dreams that are on your heart that the Lord's put there and sow not just what you want, but sow it in the place that you want it. So that, that may mean more time in the gym for you. It may mean more time in scripture or in meditation or more time uh, with the family or more time at the dinner table. So what you want, so where you want it. Number three, you always reap more than, this is the great part, you always reap more than you sow. Now, um, I learned a long time ago um, that sin always takes you farther off course than you thought. It always costs you more than you wanted to pay because you reap more than you sow. The great thing about that is it works the other way too. Okay, and, and you know this, if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I will give you right now one real apple, one real apple, an heirloom apple, or I will give you a trailer full of seedless apples. They've, they've made that. They've really invented in the lab seedless apples. So I will give you one heirloom apple loaded with seeds, or I will give you one trailer of seeded apples and that's uh, of seedless apples, and that's all you get for the rest of your life. Which one would you take? And you and I both know that we would take the one seeded apple because that apple has um, maybe sixty to hundred seeds in it, and each of those seeds has the potential for a full apple tree that's full of apples that keep coming every single season. Every one of those apples having seeds and having an unlimited potential. Like in that one apple is the potential for an exponential, infinite more. And that's how this reaping and sowing thing works. There, there's no way to explain this one. This one is just back to why I'm saying it is a creation principle that when you reap uh, or when you sow what you want, like health, you know, for me and writing it down, you know, where I want to write it down, chart it, you always come back with an amplified result. Okay, This is what I'm saying, like a regular date night with your spouse amplified result because you always reap way more than that little bit that you sow in to the ground, right? A seed, good goodness, like it is so small, but it can turn into a complete orchard. 
and here's the fourth one. Um, and I'll, I'll set up like this. Uh, there's this Chinese proverb. The Chinese proverb is, when is the best time to plant an apple tree? And the best time to plant an apple tree is, drumroll, 50 years ago. Yeah. So what does that mean? You always reap not only what you sow, not only where you sow it, not only more than you sow, but you always reap after you sow. And so here's what I'm getting at is you need to start sowing, investing, stepping, doing that catalytic action, start moving towards your dream right now. Yeah, see, Paul, he said this in Galatians 6, 9 is um, don't grow weary in doing good because you will, you will, and you can just put in parentheses right there, eventually, though we don't know when, you will eventually reap a harvest. Um, Amos actually encouraged people that at some point in the future, there's going to be this time when um, the reaping and sowing would work so well that you would be sowing, and right as you were sowing one thing, you would start reaping that very thing. Like, so, so sometimes the sowing is quick, uh, and then the reaping happens, uh, and sometimes the sowing takes so long, and then you reap, but it always happens after, meaning you don't get the result first. Now, we live in a microwave culture where people want it before they even invest in it. Like They want a guarantee of the results, and no farmer would ever do that. A farmer just knows, hey, man, you have to plant the seed in faith, and you have to go all in, and you don't just plant it and walk away. You know, I'm looking at some of the dreams that I've wanted to come into fruition, and I, and I noticed that my tendency is to kind of plan it and then think, okay, it's done, walk away, move on. And no, you have to put it in, and you have to water it, and you have to cultivate it, and you have to stay on top of it, okay? Farmers know that, yeah, no, I'm not in control of the harvest. I can't control, but I do know that it comes after I sow it, and it, I do know it comes more than I sow it, and I do know it comes where I sow it, I do know that it comes with what, with what I sow. Do you see? So um, that's it. And that is the, man, I'm looking forward to teaching this one in Nashville. Um, And if you're listening to this after we've been to Nashville, I'm looking at teaching this at, uh, well, I already know where the next one is, but I can't tell you. I'm looking at teaching it again at that place. And I'm looking forward to shaping it and refining it and getting after the dreams that the Lord has put in me. And I know he's put some incredible ones in you. And so as I sign off, my prayer is just that the Lord blesses you, that he keeps you, that you sense his favor, his face of favor shining upon you with blessing, that you realize that the dreams that he's placed inside of you are dreams that have come not just from you, but they are the spark of heaven. They are the radiance of the kingdom inside of you. And he's promised that if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of that heart because he placed those inside, uniquely inside of you. Grace, peace. I'll talk to you again very soon.